Okay, so welcome to the Peach and Black podcast, where we'll be discussing and reviewing Prince album reviews, Prince music, recent Prince news, and specifically a critical analysis of the man's work. Today we've got Player, Toe Jam, and the Captain back once again. How's everyone doing? Very well. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Uh, as you might know, we'll, today we'll be reviewing Planet Earth, the most recent studio uh, release by Prince. came out uh, sometime, I think, quarter one, 2007. Now, depending on which part of the world you were in, it was uh, the, the re- form of release was, was potentially a little different. I know in the UK it came out with a newspaper there, uh, complimentary, as long as you purchased the paper. And I think in most other countries it was uh, released as a normal CD as a normal disc. Um, did anyone end up getting it online or anything like that? Uh, I refrain from getting it online. I usually like to get the physical CD and go through it from start to finish. So when it leaks online, you usually get you know, a snippet of track here and there. And I kind of don't like that if it's like a concept album, whatever, where you have to listen to it from start to finish. So I always refrain from downloading so I just bought it from the store and played it from start to finish. Yeah, same here. I was pretty excited to get it from the store because at least from the, um, if everyone can visualize the cover, I thought it was uh, at the very least an interesting cover. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but um, it, it was definitely enticing from my point of view to to pick it up. It kind of looked very different from, from some of the recent album covers anyway. Um, it gave the impression that maybe Prince is going to be in control on this one. You know, like a, playing with um, the puppet strings, playing around with the earth. So that was um, that was pretty interesting. Um, anyone just have any brief snippet? Um, any expectations, anticipations for this album when it came out? You know, what you were doing, what was happening at the time? I got the... Um, somebody sent me the UK one, along with the paper and a couple of the discs. And I think I listened to it once, and, and then it, it was over, and I realized it was over, and I... Plus, I didn't even hear a single song that was on it. It was just this background music. And then I put it on the shelf and I hadn't listened to it probably since at least a year. And I listened to it one more time. And then, yeah, same again, put it back on the shelf. I listened to it again last week, like three times. And it's it's sort of getting into my head now. And I listened to it twice today. And, yeah, it's, it's getting better. Okay. Okay, that's good to hear. Well... Uh, I think this will definitely be an interesting album to review. It uh, definitely sounds like uh, 
with as with most Prince albums, uh, depending on how how often you listen to it and how many times you come back to it, your opinion might change or vary slightly. So um, we'll get straight into it. Unless anyone's got anything else, uh, anything else to say, it was a standard standard release for, for a Prince album, other than that the, the newspaper deal. Before we get into the actual review of the album, uh, an interesting thing in the last week or so has happened with the uh, supposed opening up of the new Prince website, the official Prince website, lotusflower.com. Um, any thoughts? What does everyone think of that? I, I mean, the website hasn't actually opened up completely, which is maybe what we, we might spend our time discussing, because uh, I think the expectation was for it to come up. Yeah, it was. Every, all the dates were pointing to January sometime, so all through January, every day people were checking it, and nothing was, not much was there. And so then everyone said, well, he said January, so 31st of January, everyone's on the website waiting for something, and not much happened. <laughs> I think there was one extra track went up on the, on the 31st, and that was it. Disco Jellyfish. Oh, yeah. Which is just an, it's just an instrumental of a song he already put out. Yeah, always going to put out, yeah. Yeah. Mm. The, th- the thing with um, the, the whole promotion of this album like you, you start to you started to get a few um pre pre-promotion through the dr funkenberry website and they would just drop in hints yeah he's playing this music in cars and for the press and get ready yeah. for it so there was a lot of build up there and i think where princess dropped the ball here is back in late november early december he he was starting to to drive this and like from that moment on if he was gonna release something in january he should have followed through on that. Um, obviously, something behind the scenes in January has faltered, and I don't know if that's the big box retailer deal yeah. or if you know, mid-month he dropped that chocolate box track and that did not really go down too well on the fan sites. So I don't know if he's <laughs> going to rework that. He got a lot of flack for the auto-tune, the use of the auto-tune, which is nothing new to him, and I guess every artist does it. But... I don't know what it is, but obviously something has happened behind the scenes for him to not reach his January deadline. So, you know, now we're hearing late March. So, you know, this could have been, you know, handled a lot better on his part. So I don't know what's going on, but he should pick up his game a bit. There was also talk of um, Seven Nights at some club in LA. And Mm. um, that seems to have just fallen through as well. So maybe that's the reason or one of the reasons why it's been very well, little happening. Yeah. The, that Nokia club's owned by AEG, which is his <clears throat> sort of management promotional company of late. So, I, you know, he changes everything on a whim. So who knows? Maybe we might see him a little bit more this week with the Grammys coming up tomorrow. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, when the first signs of the websites became apparent, um, typed in lotusflower.com and, and the, the image came up with that, you know, all of that interesting imagery and the graphics and uh, elements of Prince's face. I think it's something along the lines of coming in January or coming soon in January or something yeah. like that. Something big is coming. Yeah. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, the first thing you're going to think when you read something like that is... Exactly, something big is something big is going to come. Something is going to open up. Something to look forward to. Whether it's going to be the full site or not, 
well, that's anyone's guess, but you're looking for something substantial because that's the kind of statement that induces anyway. That's the kind of feeling that that statement induces. And, you know, come 31st of January, whatever time it was, I think in in uh, different parts of the world, obviously it would have been a different time, but I remember when I went on there and I opened it up, the first thing I saw was this little thing that said loading. Now, isn't that, you know, yeah. something, something's loading. Holy crap, this is actually, this is, it's happening. It loads up, hits 100%, and then for the first few seconds, all I can see is a black background, <laughs> some smoke, some clouds, <laughs> background music, the bottom half of the screen is exactly the same as it was before. <laughs> There's no coming soon. Supposedly, it's already here. There are a few cassette tapes, so I'll play around with those. Colonize Mind. He's provided us with a song that he already had on that same website, which I don't but, know. But was it the same? I think... I didn't listen to it that much, but a few people have said there's some different things in there, but I didn't really notice. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same. I think uh, it, it would be. I think you'd have to be... You'd have to be on something to think that that song was different from, from what was before. It is identical. Then you've got Disco Jellyfish, which is, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a piece of new music. Uh, I don't think it's anything that will change the world anytime soon. It's an instrumental track of something that it released before. And you've got, um, the title escapes me now, but a new bridge. Another boy. Which, again, has technically been released before through, through various uh, means, via various Prince channels. Yeah, another boy. So... So, so that's on one side, and then on the other on the other side, you click on this little television, and all you get is a thirty second snippet that sort of looks as if or hints as to what the, this website, this full fledged website, will look like once it eventuates, if ever. I think that's definitely a big letdown. Now, for me, I, I don't live and die by you know. Uh, Prince releasing a new website or opening up a new website, but definitely when when you're thinking that you that, that something something fi- that something's finalised and it's and it's going to be working, you know, fully fledged is going to be opened up, it wasn't so much a disappointment, but it was just kind of odd. You know, you, you go on there now, even a week later, nothing's changed. It just looks very bare. So. Um, I can it's understand. nothing new in the Prince world, though. He's always yeah. done that. There's always something big is coming, something big is coming, and eventually something it big. does get there, but um, it takes its time to get there. Yeah, and, and with a lot less... Um, it gets there with, with, with a... It gets there too late, in my opinion. A lot of things that he does, a lot of these projects that, he's, that he either puts on hold or, or they don't come out quick enough, they lose momentum. That's the word that I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And, and momentum is a big thing. Now, it might, you know... It might not be a big thing when you're playing a live gig. The momentum is is all you know in time. It's it's in the moment. But when you when you're just about to release a, a massive project, supposedly it's going to be a big you know three album kind of deal. It's 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 a funny way of managing events, and you can't blame money on, on you know lack of resources. They're all there, so something must have gone. I agree with you guys. Something must have gone haywire. Um, in, in the background, definitely. So, but, I remember when the when the website first came up, I looked at it and I saw that picture, the f- big futuristic thing, and I thought, first thing I thought was, that looks great. Second thing I thought was, but it probably won't be. Because <laughs> I just know, I just know. It's just, we've been through it so many times before with just so many things with this guy. I just thought, this could be excellent, but it's just, something's not going to happen. 
and it's exactly what happened. But I can, it's easy to say that now after it happened. But as soon as I saw it, I thought, it's just it's not going to happen. <laughs> I saw something, something's coming in January, and I thought, it's probably not. <laughs> maybe yeah. March, maybe April, but, you know, when, he, when the, he gets around to it. The big question is, it's, it's been confirmed it's going to be a subscription-based site. Will you guys subscribe to the potential $77 fee? Which is over 100 for us. That's right. So it's about 110, 115. Probably not. Uh, I probably will. Um, again, I'll kind of wait to see what's actually there. But yeah. you know, if it was, I was happy with the music club a couple of years ago when it was like a hundred bucks, and you got the the four CDs or whatever it was at the time. So I'll be in there. Yeah, I I won't be subscribing immediately. The minute it goes up online. Or is you know that the, the fully fledged website is, is finally opened and it says you know give me a hundred bucks or else I won't let you in. I'm not, I'm not going to blindly give away a hundred dollars. Like Toe Jam said, I want to find out what I'm getting for that hundred and hopefully it'll list that. I get the feeling that it may not. The, the MPG, it'll be a bit vague. Yeah, yeah the MPG definitely. just like everything else at the moment. The MPG Music Club was a little bit more detailed than that. Mm. Actually, a lot more. Did, did we got a lot of music through the MPG Music Club. Yeah, and and it which was good. Going to get that. They, they've sort of hinted that it's going to evolve over time. So it's going to be like a cryptic puzzle. Every time you go to the site, they're going to add more and more things to it, and it's like it's like a search and find site. So, which is similar to the interactive game. You've got to go through and do puzzles, and eventually oh, yeah, get, get to the, the end of it. I get the impression it's going to be modelled something similar to that. Mm. But from the reviews, you know, there was like three fans who went to the launch of it at his house in LA or wherever it was. And it is some like massive universe and there's all this stuff on there and it sounds great. But I just, I wish it happened when it was supposed to happen sometime in January. And it was all done by now and we'd be in there. It, it, it also, I think, comes back to expectations. I think from at least where, we're at, where I'm sitting, the most important thing for me for, uh, by far has always been the actual music. The music and seeing Prince live. You know, th- those are the two things that I want. I don't care about games and videos and, and puzzles and uh, quotes and, and knowledge rooms where you can go read about you know, scriptures and, and short stories. <laughs> I don't, it doesn't, it, that doesn't turn me on. I want to hear the music and I, and I want to make up my mind if I like it or not. And the- you know, if I do like it, then I'll, then I'll listen to it. And that's all it comes down to. So I don't really care about the bells and the whistles I want to hear the new album that's all that's all I'm about I think the problem for us being here is one of the major draw cards of the website is going to be you can get tickets and advanced booking and all this crap which for us it's not pretty likely to happen it's a gamble and as soon as it does happen well then maybe I'll join up yeah there's nothing stopping you he might not come here for another 11 years I'm not going to be paying 77 bucks a year until he comes (laughs) Just for the chance that it might happen. I, I'll join up the week before he's going to announce the tickets. Actually, I'll wait till he does announce the tickets, then I'll join it. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Probably wait till the tickets are on the street. and then. Blow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, there, a lot of things can be... It's a guessing game. You can guess about the website. Um, there was a supposed rumor of a creep, uh, the performance of a creep at the Coachella Festival. Um, I saw that, but yeah, that it's a legal thing. They're trying to get it to make it happen. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Also, on the the Funkenberry site, ages ago, there was some sort of talk of a DVD of that show. So, hopefully that's the case. But knowing Prince, probably not. 
Well, no, and Doctor Funkenberry talking loud and saying nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there are supposed to be. There is supposed to be creep. There's supposed to be a few other tracks from Coachella as well. Yeah. That and, are going to be on and, the website. And supposedly some performances from either the thirty thirty one twenty one after parties or the the actual stint in Las Vegas. Yeah. I, I read somewhere. So, I mean, that's all interesting. But but to me, it's really only interesting if if I can view it, save it, and watch it at will. It's not it's not as interesting to me if it's going to be one of those streaming, um, you know, streaming video. Yeah, or that DRM crap Exa- exactly. where they you know they self destruct in ten days or some crap. <laughs> exactly. Blow your house up. Yeah, so you know we could we could go on and on, but I think um, it's probably best to just leave it at supposedly. Yeah. Something will be happening in the near future. Sometime in the future. Sometime in the future, which is a, the most logical thing you can say. About Ma- Prince. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Late March Late March is the hint. Um, I'm not going on there every day looking at it. Uh, I was in the days leading up to it because I was getting very, you know, it was, it was just intriguing. Um, the anticipation was building up. But anyway, that's for an, a whole other day. I'm sure that, that, that we'll come up with an, a new episode once the, the site fully opens up and, and we can talk about what's on there and, and what we think yeah, of Yeah, we need a whole two hours to trash the website. <laughs> <laughs> that should be good. So, on that note, let's leave Lotus Flower alone since it's, it's nowhere, uh, it's, it's not even in existence, and let's talk about or focus on Planet Earth, the album. Um, like we said, uh, like we mentioned earlier, it came out in 2007. It's the most recent Prince release. Uh, sorry, the most recent studio release. And we'll be reviewing it today, going track by track, getting some opinions, dissecting the music. Uh, it's all about critical analysis and finding out you know, what, what makes certain, certain songs good in our opinion and, and maybe not so good. So let's get into the first track, which is Planet Earth. Um, an epic opener to the album. Let's see if anyone agrees with what I've said so far. We'll start off with Toe Jam. Yeah, great track. Um, I'm going to be the first one to say this. I think everyone will agree. It's very much Empty Room. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of an updated version of Empty Room. Almost to the point where he never really finished Empty Room to got it to what he wanted it to sound like. And so this is you know, the finished version, if you will, of that song. He's just completely changed it, though. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like this song. It's probably yeah one of my favorites on the album. Um, the guitar solo at the end is probably one of his best guitar solos on a studio track, even though it is only 20 seconds or very short. Um, the lyrics are a little bit naive, but, you know, Prince is always like that, so I've got no problem with that. Um, I like the breakdown. The breakdown's nice. Some Wendy and Lisa are on there too. Can't complain about this track. It really is a good track. Okay, Mr. Captain. Well, okay then. Ah, uh, yes. It's yeah. It's a good. I don't know if this would have been the best song to start the album with, but that's some, that's we can talk about that later. But it's yeah, it's a good track. There's nothing really I don't like about. It, but the guitar solo is great. It just it blows my head off when I hear it, which is what I want a guitar solo to do. And there is a slight touch of whammy bar, but it's not too bad. It's ex- it's at an acceptable level. Okay. But I've noticed not just Prince, but some of the best guitarists, guitar solos I can think of, they're they are less than twenty seconds, but they just blow your head off in that twenty seconds. 
and that's what you want them to do. I but think the song, a, you, the song as well helps it because if you just heard the guitar solo on its own, you think, oh, that's a nice solo. But the way the song builds and builds and yeah. builds and then you just have that climax of the solo, it's like, oh, yes, th- that's where it is. But yeah, it is your sort of like rock anthem and it's got yeah, the, like eerie piano at the start like Empty Room does and you've got this big apocalyptic sounding chorus and then you've got the weird Sieg sort of thing in the middle. But uh, it's good. It sort of goes on with the the state of the world's problems in his own weird way, I guess. I guess it's it's definitely epic. Um, yeah. When, when when I when I first heard this album, I, I have to say I what was it? I can't remember if I actually downloaded it online off of iTunes or whether I no, I must have got the original, the actual version from the from the shops. But in any case, what I did was I took the the only track I had heard with before listening to the entire album was guitar. I had heard that through through some uh, somewhere online, whether it was a radio station or whatever. There and, was a was it a Verizon? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I heard it through the video actually. Yeah, I saw the video or snippets of the video, and I thought I thought that you know, okay, there's a little bit of anticipation building here. So what I did was I, I went to the shop, I bought the album. I was quite excited to hear it. I thought the cover was very interesting, and I still like the cover when I when I look at it on. On my, on my little MP3 player, and the, and the little picture comes up. I think it's it's one of his more interesting uh, album covers. Yeah. So anyway, I went in, went into the bedroom um, for no other reason than to put this on, <laughs> turn turn the light off, lay down on my bed, and just listen to the whole album from start to finish, no interruptions. Had never heard this track before, and it blew my mind. And I know that sometimes I've been known to over-exaggerate things, but it's been a while since this album was released, and I think it's the, the track Planet Earth has, has lost some of the edge for me, but not a lot. I just think it's epic. It's I, li- I like the drums in it. I like the bass. I like the interplay. It's a it's a very full-sounding track. It's a great opener because it's got the energy there, and it and it does build up in in emotion in in uh, in volume it accentuates uh, you know the, the notes the, the musical notes that come through the track so i agree with toe jam on that i like the composition i think it's it's slightly different than what he normally does it's an attempt at an epic song and i think he succeeds and finally the, the guitar solo just comes back to aside from being a great solo it comes back to the to the topic of timing and that is perfectly timed yeah just like in, in certain other songs that I've mentioned previously, and, and I'm sure I'll mention again, it's perfect musical timing. He waits for the exact millisecond and then goes off on this on this guitar solo, and it's just great. The only thing that I can fault this song on is that it reminds me a little bit of something like, dare I say it, Heal Three the Chains world. of Gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Heal the World, actually, is where, oh. where I was going to go. It's It just... <laughs> The lyrics are a little bit, well, from my point of view, they're, they're definitely naive. I, I think that he he might not, Prince's best skill definitely isn't in, in verbalizing his innermost thoughts. I think it comes across more so in the music. Sometimes he gets the lyrics right, but I think they're a little bit naive overall. And, um, and it reminds me of a Heal the World or a, um, uh, what's that live, live Aid song? Oh, uh, uh, we are the world. Yeah, something like, <laughs> something like that. And and I have to just finish this off. Sorry for for going on a rant here, but it also kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Earth Song 
by Michael Jackson. Now, uh, I'm not the biggest Michael mm. Jackson fan, but I really, 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 really like Earth Song. I like it for the way that it's composed. I like the video. I like what he's saying. It's very un-Jacko-like to me. And I think if the Earth Song had this guitar solo in it, <laughs> it'd be unreal. Um I'll, I'll make one up for you. I'll I'll, I'll make a remix. <laughs> that'd be that'd be that'd be really interesting to hear because I think it's just it's lacking that fire and the energy and the vocal delivery. It's just tamed down. Uh, but as but aside from that, all those other good points that I mentioned, I think it's a kick-ass opener. It, it did blow my mind when I was listening to it in the dark in my bedroom. So I'll give it a thumbs up overall. Uh, player. Yeah. Um. It was a bit when I threw this on and started it, and it started with that subdued piano riff. I was a bit taken aback by it because usually an opening of a Prince album sort of is really in your face, and then it was just sort of brought down, and I was just like, "Wow, what's this?" So, you know, for me, it wasn't the traditional type of opening track. So, yeah. Then it goes into I don't know if he was going for like a sign of the times type of opening or statement by doing it this way. Definitely interesting lyrics, um, begs the listener to think, has great poetic style, and it's Prince serving up the message blunt, bluntly. You know, he's it's different to 1999 where you party like it's the end of the world. In this song, you know, if you don't stop and look around and look after the planet, it will be the end of the world, you know. So, um, the other thing that I start to wonder is if it's a Wendy and Lisa contribution because they are credited as being involved in the album but not what track so makes me guess if they were involved in this song or not uh, I think I can definitely hear them in the segue definitely in the segue there's certain songs throughout the whole album that I think that they're on there um, just not too sure with this one because like, like uh, you said Toe Jam it's, it's a little bit like Empty Room so I don't know if he's built this on his own or if he's got them to contribute to it uh, came out the same time as the environment started to become a hot topic no pun intended so I don't know if he's jumping on the bandwagon with this um, but musically, love the build-up, the change in the bridge section that comes halfway, three-quarters of the way through. And, of course, the guitar solo at the end and closes out using that uh, Boss BF3 flanger effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in his pedal setup, he uses a BF2, but it sounds like that updated version with a BF3. But overall, it's a great track. Love it. Okay, all right. So, fairly positive reviews for this first opener. Um, I'll which- just say something about the lyrics, though. Even though this song, yeah, they, he's got this sort of naive way of doing some lyrics. I think he's best when he just writes a song, when he's not trying to say something. Yes. Because every time he tries to do something, it's just sort, it sort of fails. Yeah, I, and I, it just I sounds a bit dopey to me. But if he just does his normal funk songs, whatever he does, that makes Prince Prince, that's what he does. But when he tries to do these things, whether it's trying to keep up with what's happening or whatever it just it doesn't seem to work yeah I, I can, but, that, I, but, but saying that I think this song has the best lyrics on the album this is probably <laughs> one of the best tracks I can see which means the rest of the album's not that good at all in lyric wise I mean I can see what you're saying with regards to the lyrics and, and you know trying and, and not trying and all that kind of stuff but I, I have a feeling that there's more to this artist than his his past or his you know historically that his albums have have painted a picture of i think there's definitely more to him now whether he's got the internal ability to come up with lyrical poetry 
with inspirational and poignant lyrics. So far, there's not a lot of evidence in the... Tra- if you look at traditional sort of, you know... Um, uh, take, for example, like a, a Bob Dylan or, or a Leonard Cohen, those types of more poetic lyricists, when you compare the body of work of Prince to those types of guys, it's not to say that his is lesser, but it's definitely different. I don't think he... I don't think he um, dissects, you know, life and, and philosophy and all that kind of stuff to their to the to the degree that they do. And it might be because of the the fact that he's a more a, more of a funk artist. But then again, that that might not even be ring true. He, you know, he's a kaleidoscope of all sorts of things. But I don't know. It it's a it's a decent attempt. I I mean, do you still think it's a decent attempt or? Oh yeah, I, I probably wouldn't do. I probably wouldn't do one any better. But if he, you know, if he, if this song wasn't about planet Earth and it was just a song, it was. You could use exactly the same music. You could take Empty Room and sing Planet Earth to it, and then I'd say, well, that's not that good, is it? Because it's he's trying with the lyrics. But if he could sing totally different lyrics to the song Planet Earth and it was something totally different, it could be a much better song. I think. I think there's a certain charm to his naivety in a lot of his songs. And, like, you look back to, like, Ronnie Talk to Russia and all this kind of thing. Like, it, it's so, like, that's it's so naive, but it's so cool that it's so naive. It kind of... Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, there, there, there does appear to be a charm in, in, in the naivety. Um, you mentioned a few songs from, from, from the 80s heyday. Um, and they're still existent here. They're, they're still existent in planet Earth, so... Uh, maybe not a whole lot has changed, but it's an interesting it's an interesting topic to take on, especially um, d- during these times. You know, the t- times of an inconvenient truth and and uh, you know everything going green and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's more a song of the times and maybe a reflection of or, or a um, prediction of the future than um, than of a, a classic traditional Prince song. But I, th- I think it's fairly good and. The album kind of takes a swing from that. You go from talking about the environment and the future and saving the earth to I love I love you baby but I don't love you as much as I love my guitar. And we segue into track number 2, which is guitar. And maybe if we can start off with uh, Toe Jam and your thoughts about this track. Um yeah, I really like this song. I think it's just pure bubblegum rock and I think it it works really well. Um I don't know if you guys remember the original download, 3121.com download, which was really very much a demo kind of track. Sounded like it's a good track, but it sounded like he sort of recorded it in his hotel sort of thing. Um, And, you know, there was a lot of talk at the time like, oh, man, I really wish he would release that with a lot of guitars. And so he did that, and I think think it worked really well. Um, It's just, like I said, it's pure bubblegum, but it it just works really well. Um, The last chorus, I think, he comes like there's a keyboard, an extra harmony added to the keyboard. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah right. it's it's really nice. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. I think this uh, this this particular song it does harken back, at least for me, back to the days of the the gold experience. It has that live era. studio sound to it. And it just, yeah, and it's it does really have that full sound. Yeah, yeah, it's very full sounding, and it's it is a bit more. It's even more glossy than than the gold experience, at least from for my ears. But it. It sounds very similar in vain. Um, now, that's not to say that that it's. I mean, like, I, I might have mentioned in the last podcast, and if I didn't, 
uh, the Gold Experience is one of my personal favorite albums of all time, so it doesn't quite rank up there. But um, as a song alone, and actually on this album, it's it's far. First of all, it's far better than the plastic uh, demo version that was previewed on his site. That had it had no. It it just wasn't full. It wasn't full. Yeah, it had potential. That's the thing. Had potential is a nice track, but it was just missing that certain something. And I think this one delivers it. Yeah. Yeah, it was missing that full sound. It was missing the guitar. It was missing how catchy this one is. I like the the rhythm section, and I agree with you when you say it's bubblegum pop. It's, to me, it's it's the cream of of the twenty first century. And yeah. uh, and the only difference is that the only difference is that it's not. He doesn't have the hype and the marketing machine behind him now, and it's a different time and place. And, and truth be told, it's a, it, it is a different song. But I think they're very. A lot of the elements behind it are very similar to, to for example, Cream when it came out in '91. I like the rhythm section; it sounds pretty cool. The guitar's good. I did. I have heard people online on forums and 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 such complaining about the fact that there's not enough guitar in this song. Now, I think it might have been. It could have been mixed better. But I don't know what song they're listening to if they're saying there's no guitar. The second half of the song is all guitar, um, and I think it's unique. I think some of the guitar licks toward the end of this track are unique. They're a little bit pseudo bluesy towards the end, or at least a few notes are. Uh, but I'll just finish this, this one off by saying that the lyrics are not total and utter crap, but they are—they're just—they leave a lot to be desired. No and, way! I like—I love the lyrics in this. It's just you know. Isn't I love you, baby, but not like I love my guitar. That's just so okay. Cool. I I like that. <laughs> I do like that. I, I like that line. But there's a few lines in here. Like I know I'm thinking off the top of my head because I haven't got the the lyric chart in front of me. But something like um, you you can't reach the bar, or something <laughs> like that. And then and then something about um, uh, driving other people's cars. It, yeah. just, those lines are. It's very rhyming. Lines. Rhyming dictionary. Yeah, it's it's. I'm gonna put this this line in here to rhyme this song so that I can move on to somewhere here on earth, or, or do another song. I just want to get this one kind of over with. <laughs> I'm digging the music, but the lyrics, they, they are pure bubblegum pop. But yeah, I'll finish it off by saying that I do like the line and the sentiment. I love you, but I don't like, but not like I love my guitar because that's the kind of guy that that Prince is. I think if he had to choose, there'd be a split second where he thinks, all right, woman versus <laughs> instruments. <laughs> And, he'd, and he, he might get a little bit, you know, in the moment he might confuse the two, but then I reckon he'll always end up in that studio just, you know, putting away another beat or another tune. And that's that's what we love about the guy. So um, what do you guys think, starting off with Player? Yeah, when this was first promoted on 3121.com as a download, it had a picture montage of classic Prince pictures with his guitar. There was a Dirty Mind pick with the Hona. There was a Diamonds and Pearls era pick with the Yellow Cloud. And then there was a rave out era pick with the um, purple Habibi cymbal guitar. And the last picture was a musicology era pick with a Taylor acoustic, the one he uses in Tiamo Carazon. Yep, yep. Um, so I was expecting this song with blistering solos, very guitar-heavy sound. And yeah, what we got was a cute three-minute pop track. Um, would have loved more guitar. By that, I mean just like the depth of the song to be longer. Because it, it is just a three-minute track. He had 
like this is only like a 30, 40 minute CD. He could have really expanded on this and really gone all out. So that's really my only complaint. Um, now I was doing a bit of research about this track and I came across a Rolling Stone article and they said of this track, this is a quote, Prince swipes the guitar riff from U2's I Will Follow and a bass line from Duran Duran's Planet Earth, The Willy Bastard. <laughs> so when I, when I actually went back and you can hear a bit of this U2 riff in there, the one that starts at the very start, um, and I didn't really pick up on that until I read that review. Um, now, brace yourself for this one. The review also said that guitar is, this is the quote, this guy's called Rob Sheffield. Uh, guitar is his most slamming summer jam since P control. <laughs> now, I don't know what purple crack this guy's smoking. I mean, it is a good song, but that is a really big statement to make. But um, I love the punchy drums, the way the production is on the drums, um, really tight sounding. The song reminds me a little bit of a mix of Peach and 319. Uh, I, I like the cocky style of the lyrics, telling his woman she takes a back seat to the six string. The guitar is numero uno in his life, no matter how fine the woman is. Yeah, I'm starting and, to like it a lot more. <laughs> You're convincing me. And I also love the lyric, um, I'll write you a letter when I learn how to spell, yeah. because that guy can't spell. <laughs> so I like that part. Um, and my only negatives is there's not enough guitar, not long enough, could have been stretched out. Uh, a little bit overuse of the whammy bow, and of course, <laughs> it fades, of course, it fades out at the end. So it does fade out kind of quickly. You're like, oh, yeah, where's it, it going? Yeah, yeah, it's too premature. Though it just seems to fade out. The other thing about the video, I'll just quickly touch on the video. I like how the set and the band are all in black or grey. So it's kind of like a dark looking set, but he's got the purple Habibi guitar, and it sort of it draws your eye to it. So it's making it that this is the focal point of the whole song. And I've, you know, I pick up on that. So I think it's really good how they, I, I just really wish they, he released it as an official video. But uh, all in all, it's a great track. Just want it to be longer, that's all. Captain. It's my go. Um, it's got a good scream at the start. I like that. It's like the endorphin machine mm. scream at the end. Yeah, pretty It's good. And player, you said about the drums. Does anyone know who's drumming? Because it sounds like Michael B to me. I think it's actually Cora. Yeah, uh, I think it's Cora and uh, Josh on the bass. Very yeah, unlo- okay. very unlike them. Mm. Mm. I've been listening to Gold Experience and getting some learning, learning how to play the drums. <laughs> I don't think she's that bad of a drummer, but you know, we just don't really see what she's sort of capable of. So. I think it's just been mixed the kind of the right way. It has it's, very slick production. It's really nice. Yeah. Nice heavy drums, which is I like. Yeah. But the weird thing was, this song's called Guitar, and it was, it was the first single that came out, I think. And I thought, oh, it's going to be a whole album of guitar. It's going to just kill me. Mm. Mm. Because, um, Mike, if anyone knows Mike Oldfield, he did Tubular Bells and loads of other yeah. stuff. He had an album in 1999, and it was called Guitars, and it was all guitars. It was an hour something long. Even the drums were made by making guitar sounds. The whole album is guitars. And after hearing that, and then I heard this song, I'm like, it's going to be a whole album of guitar. It's going to kill me. And then I turned it on, and it's not what it is. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's like the, the weaker version of Cream, updated version of Cream. And, um, but no, it's all right. It's got some good guitar solos. It reminds me of Lolita, actually, from 3121. 
which is another really dodgy, really, really dodgy three-minute pop song, which yeah. which I which I actually like because I I lo- if anyone knows me, I love eighties classic rubbish pop, and Lolita is definitely in that list. Guitar's a bit better than Lolita though. But yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I, hearing after hearing some of some of your opinions, uh, not only Captain but all the, the um, Toe Jams and players as well. I, I definitely, I think I've underestimated the fact that, or, or maybe not paid enough attention to the fact that this really is a. It, it's kind of pure cheese. It is a. It is bubblegum yep. pop. And yep. the more I think about that fact, and then and then I pose the, this question to myself. You know how much better can bubblegum bubble pop get? Well, this is pretty darn good. This is this is. I mean, there's still a musicality to it. There's still some emotion. There's some funny lyrics. And already, if I had to rate this track, I, you know, out of out of five or out of ten, I would have already added it. Added one or two points to it just after hearing you guys talk about it. And I think that says a lot about the music itself and about you know Prince's ability to create songs. Um, you know, this is a guy who's got. Who knows how many thousand songs released and unreleased? And in 2007, he comes up with a brilliant, you know, again, I'll use the I'll use the term bubblegum pop song such as this. I think it's pretty good. I think so. he's got about 208 songs in the vault. <laughs> I, I, I don't buy this song a day crap. I really don't. I mean, you could have one idea. Every every single idea that pops into your head isn't a song. Yeah. Which is what I think he thinks. He gets you know ten seconds of a melody and goes, oh, there's a song. Record yeah, that, well, stick it in the vault. There we go, done. Well, this, I mean, this is a this is a pop album, and and regardless of how many songs he has, that th- there are ten on here, and and just looking at the list, every single one of them, at least to my mind, is a pop song other than Planet Earth. Uh, not not saying that Planet Earth has no place in in, in pop music, but to say that it's it's slightly left of center. Uh, I mean, we're going into this next track now, Somewhere Here on Earth. Um, slow jam type track. Uh, a pop song. Any thoughts on this one? I'll is take it. A it. Pop song? Um, I think this is his best ballad since Damn You. Uh, I think it's really nice, really well done. Better, the- than, better than I Hate You? Uh, I don't really see that one as a ballad so much. That's more of a a power ballad for me. Better in- than the most beautiful girl in the world. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Um, just the, the the really subtle layering between the synths and the piano. Um, the vocals are just unbelievable for a man who's like forty, late forties when he recorded this. Um, the trumpet, always nice to hear a trumpet. Being a trumpet player myself. That sounds like you, by the way. I was going to say. <laughs> it does. Well, it Very is me, of course. Toe jam like. Yeah, no, I think it's. And the, you know the lyrics. It's it's just a nice. It's a really nice idea for a song. Look, you know, you somewhere here on earth. You know, it, it's cheesy, but it, it works. You know, you could play this to your woman, and you know, it would it would work completely. Play this to your women, if you wanted to. If you're Prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Captain, what do you think about this? Ah, uh, a few things. I like it. Oh, I don't know if I like it. It starts off with you know the scratchy record sound. You know, saying you know this is a this is an old school song. It's a it's a ballad. It's the mm. old sound. Yeah, I think that's and, a little um, bit overdone. That recording sound. I, I yeah. He did that on Musicology as well at the start, didn't he? Yeah, he's done on a million songs for a few seconds. You know, so. Yeah. And this the lyrics 
there's that stupid line in this digital age you could just page me who pages anymore really I mean oh, I think page I think it's more a metaphor it's just a for metaphor, like yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah if he wrote that you know 8 years ago you know might have, if it came out then we would have said oh a pager you know doctors have pages that's then it was topical but I, I take it literally and no one has a pager anymore yeah I don't take that line literally though I, I kind of agree with yeah. Jam. I think it's it's Just listening to that, it makes me think it's been sitting in the vault for a while. With the other 207 no, songs. No, I think it's... <laughs> I've always just heard that as just being a metaphor for, you know, emailing, you know, iPoding, yeah. whatever, mobile phoning. This song reminds me of um, Power Fantastic. It's that really sort of quiet ballad and it's got the horn, the trumpet on there, yeah. mm-hmm. which is, I think, Christian Scott playing the trumpet, who I've never heard of before. We're talking yeah. about it's toe jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take yeah. the credit for it, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this song, I reckon it could have been written any time in the last, you know, 20 years. Could have been. Yeah. Could have been. Probably but, not. But but, uh, but it is a really good ballad. I'd say, I'd, I'll agree that it's the best ballad he's done in a, a pretty long time. I, I think that song could have been, could have been recorded in 1987. Could have. Maybe he re-recorded it, but I think he, it could have been written, you know, a long time ago. Because it's really similar to me to, like, Power Fantastic and maybe Crucial to a point. The sax version, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. It, it's, it's a 21st century ballad is the way I see it. Um, it it's, it's cool. It's smooth. It's... Part Miles Davis, part, part Prince. No Smokey, part, no Smokey Robinson in there? I was about to say part Smokey. Uh-huh. <laughs> part Smokey Robinson. I think it's a great vocal delivery. I agree with Toe Jam on the vocal delivery. If he recorded this a couple of years ago, it's brilliant. It's, it's a brilliant um, vocal delivery. And I think one of these songs, Future Baby Mama won a Grammy for either vocal performance or best art, traditional R&B or something like that. If you're, going to give out a, if you're going to give out a Grammy Award for any of these songs, you give it to the vocal delivery for Somewhere Here on Earth. I like the sentiment. I don't think it's cheesy. I don't think it's lame at all. This is by far, in my opinion, one of the sweetest, nicest, most down-to-earth sentiments and song titles he's ever made. Maybe that's because I'm coming from it more from a personal point of view. Um, but I just, I, I really like it. I like the vocal, like I said, I like the bass. I love the trumpet, and um, the only, the only, not negatives, but the only thing that that could be improved. And it sounds funny to say that is I think it's slightly too slow. Just yeah, slightly. It's a slow ballad, but I think it's a. You really got to put something off on it with a little bit. You know, some more RPMs after this one if you want to get her excited. And I know it's not written for that reason, but it's a, it's just it it can very easily be put into the background if the listener is not focusing on the song. So exactly, so. like the first couple of times I listened to this album, the whole thing just went by. I didn't even notice it. And now, now you're talking about the whole album now, though. Oh, but, but this song in particular, yeah. even I've I'm, I'm got it in the background now, but I'm, I can totally just ignore it, no problem. Yeah, I think but, if you catch onto the sentiment, then then it'll grab you and it'll hold you. Mm-hmm. And if you if you grab the vocal and the falsetto, and if you don't, then it just it sounds like background 
like a more of a background, cool, jazzy type of track. But uh, Muzak. Yeah, Muzak player. Yeah, look, I know I'm going to get hated for this. I'm not a very big fan of this track. I don't like the inserted vinyl crackle at the opening. I don't like the vocal delivery. I don't like the tempo of the song. I think it's way too slow, like you guys mentioned. Uh, and it's something you have to be really in the mood for this track. Um, I think it's a good ballad, but not a great ballad. Um, and I know I'm going to get hated for for saying that, all those things. But the positive Take side... Take <laughs> the, the positive side, I like how it changes up to a waltz-type beat halfway through yeah. because that's yeah. where it picks up in its, in its pace. Um, and with some excellent soloing from Renato with some class, uh, fast, clean runs. Um, Is it Renato, though? Uh, it has to be Prince. Prince. Sounds like it. Yeah. I, I don't think that's Prince on the keys. Yeah. If it um, be very impressed. Yeah. Um, uh, the one thing I do like about this uh, song is is the video. I think it's one of the better promo videos that he's done with the um, filming in Prague. Um, I think it's really nice, the, the, the way it's stylized. Um, you know, there were some comparisons there to Damn You. Um, I, I like Extraordinary better in comparison uh-huh. to Damn You. Um, I can sort of, I can sort of see in the vocal delivery, the the um, comparison to that. But yeah, just for me, this is just good at best. (laughs) No way, extraordinary. That's a very average ballad, in my opinion. (laughs) We'll get to that another day. Anyway, yeah, exactly. But no (laughs) way, this doesn't. This does not compare to that at all. Yeah, I've got to side with you, Toe Jam. I think this one takes the cake on Extraordinary. I think Damn You and a couple of other ba- ballads might might supersede this, but um, somewhere... I- I'm always coming in, when I listen to music and, and Prince and anyone, it comes from a personal point of view as well, so uh, there's, de- there's definitely some sentiment with somewhere here on Earth. I, I can't get... I can't escape that sentiment aside from anything else in this track, so I think just for that alone, it takes... A- Extraordinary to me sounds like a common uh, adult contemporary modern jazz uh, attempt, whereas this is a little bit deeper. And the only other thing I I just want to quickly put on this track, because I've been waiting to say this, I don't know what this musical effect is called. Miles Davis used to use it a lot, and he actually mentions it in some of the interviews that I've heard him, when I've heard him speak, uh, and some written interviews. When for example, bass notes or low notes within a song, in, in my language, lower or decrease. Uh, you know, so I, 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 they, 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 are, they are played consecutively lower down the scale, you know, down the musical chart. And a high note, whether it be a trumpet, whether it be Prince's amazing falsetto in this, increase... It creates an effect. Like I said, I don't know what it's called. I don't know if anyone can hip us to, to what it's actually, what, what that effect is called. Contrary motion, isn't it? When you get one going that's, low and one going right. higher. That's right. That's exactly it, uh, actually. Uh, so it's, it's that effect that I'm talking about. It's one of the most powerful musical compositional techniques, a mus- from my point of view, a musician can apply. And when it's done correctly... There's nothing like it. Miles Davis used to do it a lot. And there's a few interviews, like I said, where he, he specifically he quotes this technique and he talks about it. He doesn't break it down like I might be now, but he, but he de- definitely alludes to it and goes into a little bit of detail. But Prince employs this on this song. 
and I think that's very, very overlooked because the bass and I think some of the keyboards are sifting, you know, they're, they're, the notes are progressing lower and lower and lower, lower, lower down the scale. His voice and the trumpet is increasing and it creates this this amazing sound. You actually hear it in, in, a, in a song by Silverchair um, and let's not go into reviewing the song, but Straight Lines, kind of a commercial song, uh, at least. Wait, what, song, what song is it? Straight Lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fairly commercial, fairly poppy, very sappy. When it first came out, I blasted that track. I'm not a huge fan of the band by any means. I've listened to that s- song recently and have actually identified that effect. When Daniel Johns sings that line, and I, and I don't know how it goes, but he starts singing upwards and the all of the rhythm tracks are heading down the scale. It's just magic to me. So for that reason, Somewhere Here on Earth is compositionally brilliant. Listen to Hello Goodbye by the Beatles. They do that. Do they really? You got the bass going down and the guitars and the guitars are going up. Oh yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And then it's going dun, dun. The bass is going down and down. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very simple but it's it's marvelous. What's it called again? The okay. effect? Ah, uh, contrary motion. Mm. Contrary motion. Ah, oh, okay. I don't know if it's yeah. I'm contrary, sure I don't think it's contrary it or contrary, I'm not sure. I forget. Goes back to the old days when I used to learn piano. Uh, he's he's definitely employing this, and I think it is. It's a conscious decision. It wasn't just something I, I wouldn't imagine it came up in the studio. Maybe it did, but I just think that he's that he really has. He heard the trumpet, and he thought, "Okay, I'm going to start. I'm, I'm going to employ this technique." But uh, could be completely off the off the charts there. However, this album does change up highly um, from from the sultry ballad of Somewhere Here on Earth to I won't even attempt to describe this song. It's called The One You Wanna See with a C. Because he's such a good speller. <laughs> Anyone want to want to stab at this? Maybe let's start off with player. Uh, look, it's it's a pop light track the way I see it. It reminds me of the Beatles for some reason. I don't know why that is. Um, I love the bass in this track. If you listen to this with headphones, it blows your head off. Uh, lyrically, like if you were to compare this song with I Want to Be Your Lover, especially like the line in I Want to Be Your Lover where he says, I ain't got no money, to a song like this where he says, um, I got a lot of money and, and all that. I think this track sort of misses the mark because, you know, he's sort of overballing. Um uh, you know, there's sort of there's a certain charm in the sort of I want to be a lover lyric saying that he hasn't got any money and sort of to love him for who he is and that. And this one, he just sort of, you know, is just coming out there like, you know, love me for my money. Yeah, sort of thing. So overall, it's a quirky track, um, quirky pop light track. Um, it is it is good, it is bearable, but um, that's that's it from me. Okay, Captain. Okay, I like this song. It's it's really got the the 80s sound I think, and it's it really reminds me of I can never take the place of your man, and this could be with Wendy and Lisa are doing something in this song I don't know. Yeah, I hear that but, comparison. But yeah, it, this could have been called I could never take the place of your man part two, because he's singing lines like you ain't no one night stand. But it sounds different from anything he's done in a while, and I again, it does sound different, yeah. and then again, I think, is this out of the vault or is this a new song again? Hmm. But uh, it's a pretty yeah, it's a lightweight 
pop song, but I don't like he's trying to use the slang he's going on about being a hater and a player. I'm like, he's 50. 50 year olds don't talk about being players. Well, not any that I know anyway. But you, you forgot one minor detail though. He's Prince. Yeah, but still. <laughs> he's going he's to he's be a player. And, when and he's 90. Court, he's going to be balling when he's 90. Yeah, of <laughs> but there's some lyrics I was listening in this song. He's, he's, he's singing, I come like thunder. And if you want to get, if, come if, like thunder, shit. And if you, if you want to get creamy, I mean, I don't know if JWs hey, approve hey, of that sort of hey. language. Hey, you forgot about shaving your legs, Scott. Oh, sorry, Captain. <laughs> yeah, what's with that one? I mean, I heard them, and I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> so, yeah, you don't, have, you don't have to shave your legs. It's all right. It's just <laughs> but, me and you. <laughs> but yeah, I like this song. It's a really '80s song. But yeah, those lyrics made me think, what's going on there? So, Jam, what do you think is going on there? With the lyrics? Well, it's just cheesy Prince lyrics, really. Um, I, don't, I don't mind the song. It's very, like, the whole song's very simple. Um, but I think there's two things that make the song, and that's one of them is the bass. I agree with player. The bass is really nice. Very Larry, Larry Graham. And the second thing is the, um, whether it's Wendy or Lisa or not, the yeah, 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 that bit. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's just, love it. It's such a nice, like, it's like sugar on top of the song. It's just really yeah. nice. Um, I've also got here had a bit Shania Twainish, like, but not in a bad way, in a good oh. way. It's kind of, it's capturing that kind of, you know, happy-go-lucky, cheesy country slash pop sort of sounds. And it, yeah, I it like, is the a bit country. like the song. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, if if it wasn't for those two, the bass and the yay yay bits, I'd probably be yeah throw it away but but those two things I like I like the song okay uh, I, I I agree with, with virtually everything that everyone said about this one um, has Prince invented a, a new style of his own here at least at least for as far as his prime music is is concerned I don't know is this country funk maybe because I kind of think it is a bit of country funk and he hasn't quite done this before, uh, and it's only been a couple of years, but he definitely hasn't released anything similar since. Uh, but I agree, it's very sugary, it's sugar-coated. I think the guitar soloing is awesome, even though it's simple, even though it's very easy and there's nothing to it. I think It's, it's very really classic cool. Prince solo. Like, yeah. Here it is, that's Prince solo, yeah. Yeah, you, you can you can just tell it's him, and and it does remind me of portions of the solo in I could ne- I could never take the place of your man, yep. when he, he, where he's doing a lot of bends, um, natural bends, no whammy bar at all. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> natural bends, and they they sound nice, and then there's a there's a little bit of um, soloing and gadgetry towards the end, and kind of fades out. But yeah, I love the bass. The, the song is all in the bass riff. It's in the country funk bass riff, and it, and I'm pretty sure it's not Larry Graham and it's not Josh Dunham. It's Prince on the bass. I have a feeling. Yeah, I agree. Love the vocal harmonies. I love the um, the yeah 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 bit to quote Toe Jam. I think it's playful. Uh, this is this is for me the the the. It's not raw, but take that scrap that fact aside. It's the it's the play in the sunshine for the 21st century. Yeah. And unfortunately, it is the 21st century, and this is as good as we're going to get. But <laughs> it's pretty darn good. Um, so, you know, straightforward pop. I'll just say, you said he hasn't really done any country. There was, wasn't there something on Chaos and Disorder, which everyone said was country? Is it right the wrong? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, 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 right that's wrong. sort of yeah. country. 
I love that song. I so do I. I love that whole album because that's the guitar rock album I was always waiting for, and yeah. I got it. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Except for... Right. Except that, that, that doesn't, doesn't Right the Wrong have a bit of yee-haw in it? Yeah, I think there is. <laughs> And it has cheesy lyrics too. That's right. <laughs> and why you might Around, think around the barn and that kind of thing. How's that in there? <laughs> <laughs> Break your, what is it? Grab your partner and do si do. That's what he needs to sing. <laughs> Peg him around the room. <laughs> and come like thunder. <laughs> he needs to mix those two together. Yeah, what? That's good. Oh, you might think this sounds like the Beatles is the guitar sound. It's pretty George yeah. Harrison-ish. He's yeah. got that vibrato on it that he uses a lot. Yeah. That's the comparison that I saw to it. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, overall, it's a... Uh, it's in a sense, it's 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 difficult to review this song. It's a good little pop song. Yeah, it's a good little pop song. But it's, it's, the, it's sorry, it's the kind of thing you can very easily dismiss. But when you actually hear it, you go, "Hey, that's not a bad song at all." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, I, I know we should stop making comparisons between Prince and his current music and his previous catalogue and other artists. But from the from the music that I listen to, and I listen to a wide palette, this. As far as pop songs go, this and guitar and all this, and even somewhere here on earth, they're very solid songs. And I think reviewing this album, even so far, has given me more more of an appreciation for um, for the music because, as funny and as poppy and as commercial as some of it sounds, it's really cool to listen to. So I think that's kind of you know you don't always have to take your music so seriously. So it does have a good little guitar solo near the end as well. Yeah. It's too short, but it's nice. Mm. Have you heard that one before? <laughs> Future baby mama is next. <sighs> and, oh, come on. Hear the groans. <laughs> Grammy, if anyone didn't know this, and I'm not much for awards either, but Grammy Award winner, track number five, Future yeah. baby mama. I heard you say that before, and I'm like, what? Well, I'll give it to you, Captain. How? Start this one off. I've got so little to say about this. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I don't not like the song. I don't like the song. It's got really good harmonies in it that I like. The vocals are pretty good. And you've got the Lynn drum machine, which I don't think is the Lynn drum machine, but it's a sample of the Lynn drum machine because it doesn't have the same sound. But, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Just I don't not like it. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. It's just a, it's, it's just a song. I listened to it five times, and it's just a song. Future baby mama in brackets. It's just a song in brackets. Grammy award winning song. In brackets. It's just a song. It's just a song. Yeah, next. That's all I got to say. All right, Toe Jam. What do you think about this? I love this song. Right, I've got um, to sign you. Lyrically, I don't really care much about it. But I really like the um, the arrangement. I love the Lin drum. It really pops and crackles. Uh, it really does sound like a, an authentic Lin. Whether it is or not, I don't know. But it really has that pop and crackle to it. That's really Especially nice. Especially on headphones, right? Yeah, completely. And um, the vocals, like the actual singing side of things, are unbelievable. I t- totally deserves the Grammy for it. Um, what else did I have? The, when it breaks down to when he goes, you know, Paris, London, Africa, and all that, it's just really subtle. Really subtle, and the um, the synth strings just turned up a bit. It's beautiful, beautiful song. But again, lyrics couldn't care less about them. It has lyrics, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, musically, musically, I really like this song. Okay, I might just steal a quick word for this and, and then send it up to player because I, I agree with with everything Toe Jam said. 
um, so far. And just want to say, this is the re- kind of the return of the Lindrum, or not, but it sounds good in any case. Uh, the vocal is A+. plus. It's a great vocal. I, I think... And he could have easily done auto... Like, anyone else doing this song these days would have auto-tuned it, and he hasn't. And for that reason, it's like, oh, man, that's killer. Yeah. The notes can, are hitting so high, just so soft and subtly as well. It's amazing. Yeah, you can really hear, even underneath the production of this song, because there's a fair bit, you can really hear... It's, it's almost as if he's singing raw straight into the mic, and you can tell that it hasn't been... Uh, I don't think his vocals have really been touched or, or overdubbed much, and the ba- the back the backup vocals, which probably be a, probably are mostly his, are awesome. I mean, Babyface eats your heart out on this. Mm-hmm. It's just classic backing vocals. I could understand Captain saying, you know, this is an average song; it fades into the background. But that's the thing. This is very similar to Somewhere Here on Earth. It can fade into the background if it's not given. I think the proper attention and the proper treatment if you if you listen to this song on a you know with while you're doing something else on a cheap system you might that might be the uh, you know the, the end result but i've listened to this on headphones turned right up and the vocal delivery is ridiculous i'm going around in circles but there's bells and whistles galore there's there are a lot of little things especially i don't know if tojam if you heard this specifically but there there are a few really nice but short running bass notes. Yeah. That, but they're so light. Mm. They're just really light. So there was some of that as well. I don't know if you got other guys heard that as well, but there's a little bit of nice guitar, piano. The whole thing um, sounds like this, you know, like futuristic music box. I just really like the sound of it. Yeah, I agree. So um, no complaints. It's an awesome track. I love the bells and whistles. This is a headphone track and it deserves its Grammy award. What do you think about it, player? I definitely agree, co-sign with all you guys. The the only thing I hate about this song is the title. It's too corny. It's you know I don't know what he's going for. If he's trying to reach out to a certain market of the audience, but you know I think that's what ruins this song is just the fact that it has a pretty lame ass title. But apart from that, love the instrumentation, the limb drum, the synths, the bass. It makes an overall classic sounding Prince slow jam. And I love the vocal delivery and the vocal track layering, like it, just the way he done it back in the day. And I think the other thing that works is the way, you know, he just locks himself up in a room and just layers all these tracks down and does it all himself and it comes out sounding like this. And, you know, he does this every once in a while and, you know, just keeps doing it again. I think he can keep doing it all the time. So I, I, I really love the track. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I, obviously it's a great track to be, um, nominated for Grammy. I don't know why it was though, because it wasn't like a single release. So I don't know why they singled out this track out of the whole album. But it's hard, it's hard to say. Uh, yeah, do Grammys get chosen or are they submitted? I don't know how it works. Uh, I think it gets submitted to a board. It's like the Oscars, and people okay. on that board are like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and a, a whole heap of people. And then they listen to the tracks and then they do a, ba- a, a ballot, a ballot vote, ballot yeah. vote, yeah, and they. Oh decide that way but I mean for me like the Grammy Awards like you know he he done I think the last Grammy he got before all the before this decade he it was like the most beautiful girl in the world and well, then I think he, he got a couple for musicology actually yeah but what I'm saying is is like he got nothing for Rainbow Children 
which you know is a sin in my book. Um, and I think it was only the year that he'd done that duet with Beyonce that every year after that he got nominated for something. He got Musicology, he got 3121, he got this album. So yeah. I think, I don't know, because I think it's because of maybe he'd done that performance for the Grammys because he kept saying no to him every year. Yeah. What does a Grammy mean anyway? So yeah, exactly. It's a doorstop. <laughs> yeah, it's an expensive doorstop. It's just a song. It's a yeah. album. Well, this uh, talking about someone mentioned um, stupid titles. Track number six. Let's, <laughs> let's just get right into this one. Oh man, there's another one coming up as well. <laughs> Mr. Good Night. Let's start off with that. I'm just going to be really quick and then hand it over to the board on this. Best rap attempt by Prince ever. Awesome bass. Great hip hop beat. It's a simple beat. I like it. He's got that swagger on this song. But what really brings it down for me is the rap. Not the rap in the beginning, but the rap about halfway through the song towards the end. It's just... I don't know what he's talking about. Raisins, watching a movie by the name of Chocolat on the big screen. I just think... You know what? It's getting me so... so... I don't even. I just Next. don't want to talk about it. You could someone take over. Uh, I'll give it to Captain. Okay. What do you think about Mister Goodnight? It, um, I think this is your typical R and B song. Not just Prince, but typical R and B song. And I don't know how many other people think this, but to me, R and B stands for rubbish and bullshit. Because <laughs> I really don't like R and B that much, which is strange considering my favorite artist is Prince. But anyway, it's the return of Prince's rapping. Which is always hilarious, always good. No matter always self-absorbed. <laughs> yeah, but I like his rap because it's just so dumb. It just makes me laugh every time I hear it. Doesn't matter what song, stuff off the gold experience and days are wild, and it's just funny. But I, and I really like his rap, even no matter how bad it is. And Tony M, Tony M's the best in the world. Got to ask you anyway. a question: Have you ever convened in a pool? <laughs> I just because yeah. What's that? Before we convene in the pool. <laughs> oh man, sorry. <laughs> I have it that I know of. This song reminds me a bit of um underneath the cream, just with its little synth lines and it's just a simple drum beat going along. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's your typical R and B song. D'Angelo, let me put it this way: D'Angelo would have kicked the out of this song. Yeah, and, and and Prince just can't seem to do it. It's just he's. Do you know what it is? I I, I said I was going to say anything. I'm just going to close on this because it just popped into my. It's as if he's trying to be, quote unquote, dirty, uh, as as he said before, without being dirty. And the problem is that to be dirty, sometimes you really got to get down and dirty. And it, whether it's being subtle or being obvious, I just don't think it works. You know, convening in a pool, watching chocolate with a few raisins in my mouth isn't my idea of a great time. Yeah, he's trying right. to be dirty, but in the confines of JW, so... Yeah. And doesn't work. Player or Toe Jam, just take it over. Um, yeah, I, this is similar to me with Future Baby Mama. I really don't care about the lyrics. I think his rap is a little bit... Hilarious. Yeah, no, it sort of fumbles along. It doesn't really have a sort of flow to it, I find. But what I really like about this song, again, is the background arrangement of the synths. You get this sort of washing, if you get the headphones on, you get this sort of washing synth sound over the top 
And then you get the Fender Rhodes doing this wow, wow, wow sort of sound throughout it. Um, and for that reason alone, I, I, I really like this, this sound he sort of has going in the song. But, yeah, the rap does kind of pull it down a bit. But it's just, certainly, like, for just, that, the music stuff in the background alone, like, I like the track. The rap just makes it better. <laughs> Player. Yeah, it segues right in from the last track into this one. It's a great R&B track. I love the beat. I love the little bell chime refrains that happen through it. Yeah, it sounds like it's, it's going 31, 21, like that. Yeah. Um, and I like the, the, the rap style, the vocal delivery. Not the rap itself, but the delivery. Because, you know, in this track, he really thinks he's King Dingling in this track. And, yeah. you know, he's coming across <laughs> that way. But... Um, you know, when he gets into things like, you know, being greeted by Spanish men and all this sort of stuff, you know, it, you know how he says you're greeted by a Spanish <laughs> yeah, yeah, man yeah. who you wine and my wet? It's like, yeah, you know. A little Spanish man. Yeah. I'm Just thinking, a shout out to all the little Spanish men in the world. That's a great one. I mean, uh, it's, it even borders on derogatory that, you know, he has like a, like a little Spanish servant, you know, that will cater to your needs. It's just, uh, you know, I think, and why would you put that? In the track, you could do so much better with it. But, you know, overall, it's a very smooth track. Um, just after this song came out, there was a mashup online where they mashed this up with a Notorious B.I.G. song, and it worked quite well. And um, I downloaded that, and that works really well. They, they mash up the lyrics of Biggie with um, Prince's chorus in it, and it works really well, and I like that version. But um, for this, it's sort of touch and go, depending on, you know, the delivery works, but the lyrics don't. You know, it misses the mark. Well, it, I'll just say in the one you want to see, he's saying he's got lots of money. Well, now he's proving it. He's saying, I've got a waiter. I've got someone, uh, my little servant, which proves I've got money because he gets paid. Mm. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think it's just, it's it's either taking the piss and it's a it's a stupid little, funny little track if he's actually taking himself seriously, that's what would be a little bit scary to me. <laughs> because there are a few things in this song that are just like... I don't know. They're odd, to say the least, but... I'd vote go, for that. I'd vote you, that he's taking himself seriously. You can go from odd, and then you can end... You can arrive at all the midnights in the world. <laughs> so, in comparison, if oh, I have to compare, boy. Mr. Goodnight is a great track. In comparison... <laughs> to all the midnights in the world and I'll hit this off very quickly just from my opinion I don't even feel like reviewing this song properly because I don't think it deserves it I don't think it has any place on this particular album it, it should be followed or preceded by The Wedding Feast <laughs> and maybe Kama Sutra but I'll give him one thing Aside from the fact that it's terrible it's cartoonish it's it rem- my girlfriend listened to this and she thought straight up wiggles. <laughs> Sesame Street. Bring out the big bird. Yeah, it's very it's, it's very children's fluff. television That's actually, show. I had in my original notes when I first reviewed the album, reminds me of a Muppets ballad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they composed it when he was on the on the Muppets that Muppet, one time yeah. and they rang Raspberry Sorbet or whatever it was. <laughs> fluff. It is fluff. It is absolute fluff, but I'll give it props for one reason and one reason only. Take away the vocals. Completely, not a bad composition. I like the drums. Whoever's playing the drums, nothing special. I like how they're hitting them. I don't know if anyone really feels or is hearing what I'm hearing, but I like the drums. Um, 
I like the sound of the drums in this song, and I like the bass. Very simple playing, but it just it just feels nice. But it's just fluffy. It's just fluff. And, if, and if, you, if you like it as an instrumental, just wait. It'll come out on Lotus Flower, the website. <laughs> <laughs> as a totally new track with a different name. It'll be some, something about a seafood, you know. Maybe. Disco yes, seaweed. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's all I've got to say on this song, except for the fact that in the in his book, recent, if you can call it that, 21 Nights, he has the, the lyrics to this. Now, I'm sure you can look up the lyrics online, but in this book are the lyrics to All the Midnights in the World. And when you read these lyrics off of the page and you force yourself to forget that he turned this into a song, as pure poetry, it is un real and that's a really odd thing for me to say after I've slammed this track so hard uh, and I, I read a fair amount of poetry in my spare time um, it's great it's a great poem and I think he should have left all the midnights in the world as a nice sweet gentle little poem to his special someone don't turn it into a muppet don't don't turn it into something that Kermit would sing and I'm, I'm leaving that there Toe Jam yeah I wouldn't bash it so much I'm not saying it's a great track by any means I think he was trying to go for this sort of soft, you know, laid-back kind of ballad after all the great tracks before it. But, yeah, it just, again, it just sounds like a Muppets ballad to me. And I, it's it's disappointing in the respect you have Somewhere Here on Earth and Future Baby Mama with awesome vocals. This one, the vocals in this are just, I don't know, they're, they're really kind of out of tune. And, like, I think it's deliberate. Like, he was trying to make it sound laid-back and relaxed, but they're just really off-putting, the vocals in this. Um. Yeah, I can see what he was trying to do, but it just doesn't work for me. I usually skip it, and I've tried to listen to it a few times to try and get more out of it, but there's just nothing there to get out of it, really. Yeah. What do you think, player? <sighs> yeah, it's definitely the skip track of this for me. Um, no skippable. One one thing that keeps coming up is in in all our conversations is expectation and like when I heard the title All the Midnights in the World I was expecting like the big seduction ballad of the like kind of like the Somewhere Here on Earth with the title like that um, but it just came across as a really bland song I don't even think this is worthy of the vault he should have just you know stopped halfway through it and and, and just acted and said it. what the hell yeah I, I just think it's a really bad track I, I mean. A lot of things that I don't get into right away with Prince, I usually get into a a little bit later after a few listens. And I mean, a classic example of that, believe it or not, is Peach. Like, I didn't like Peach when it came out. And oh, you about, are. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. And it took me about 10 listens. And then, you know, I just loved it after that. But oh initially, God. I didn't like it. So, um, And I was hoping for something like that on this track, and I couldn't get into it. Um, MC, do you have the lyrics in front of you? I don't have the lyrics in front of me. Do you, no. do you know in the second verse, does he say like Zuzu Petals? Like Zuzu's Petals, yeah. Yeah, because Zuzu Petals is – have you guys seen um, Ford Fairlane with Andrew Dice Clay? There's a character in that called oh, Zuzu Petals. Oh, the Adventures Petal. of Ford Fairlane, yeah. that's right, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the blonde bimbo character mm-hmm. in that, her name was Zuzu Petals. So every time I hear this track and I hear <laughs> him say that, I think of that her <laughs> – and it's yeah, it's just Maybe a he really wants to spend all the midnights in the world with her. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, it's a skip track for me, and it's you know I'm rating that as one of the worst Prince songs ever. Ever, I agree. Cool. With you. V- very Captain. big. Cool. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, I guess it's me then. Yes, um, it is. This is the token dodgy ballad. I mean, on thirty-one twenty-one, you had Tama Corazon, which I prefer. We'll get to that. Kidding. We'll oh get, man, we'll get to that. That is no way. Is Rain- that is Rainbow that Children had Wedding Feast. I mean, Batman had Arms of Orion. Graffiti Bridge had Graffiti Bridge, which I actually really <laughs> like that song. But it's the same sort of dodgy, cheery sing-along song, and it sort of fits on this album, but it sort of doesn't. So, yeah, it's just a really like everyone said. It's you know the Muppets. It's a children's TV show sing-along song, and yeah, I wouldn't say it's his worst song ever. There's there's a few others I could think of, but it's it's down there. It's maybe definitely after, down there. Maybe after everyone listens to Planet Earth and we all save the Earth, we'll all sit around in a little circle singing all the midnights in the world. <laughs> exactly. The I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> um, I, I, honestly, and, and if, if Prince is listening, no offense to you, but we're going to just continue on and, and not say another single word about this song. If you can't say anything nice... Don't say anything at all. <laughs> True <laughs> Too <that>. late. Too late. <laughs> And off we go into track number eight, Chelsea Rogers. Uh, anyone want to pick this one up? First I of all, can. Who's a big, okay, play as a fan of the track, maybe, maybe not. Well, we're going from the worst track to the most slamming track on the album. Oh, it has right. fantastic bass line, great chicken horn stabs. Yep. Great horn stabs, awesome chicken grease guitar. Um, Shelby Shines. It's really, for me, a reminiscent of the Prince and Rosie Gaines days where he sort of lets her take over a bit on the vocal. Um, it's a very funky attempt at disco without coming across as corny. Um, and to me, when I listen to it, I, I, I'd say JK from Jamiroquai would really dig this kind of track. Sure. To, to me, it sounds like a Jamiroquai track. It reminds me of uh, Can't Heat. Yeah, um, yep. Sheila E's in there. Maceo's in there. What more could you want? The horn solos are cool. Everyone gets a go. You get a sax, a trombone, and a trumpet solo. Uh, Lee Hogan laying it down, Sensor Lana Bliss. So, you know, we haven't heard too much of the trumpet since those days, so it's good to hear a bit of trumpet in there. Um, and, you know, around the, about the time when he was putting this album together, he was seen at a few uh, Sheet concerts during that era, and it just makes me wonder if this track was influenced by Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards because yeah. it's got that definite Bass flavor in it. very reminiscent. Yeah. Um, I'd say this is the best track on the CD, and yep. I'd say that this, this saves the album's ass. Cool. Dojan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I've got that as well. Prince doing Jamiroquai, or is it Jamiroquai doing Prince or something? Um, nice to hear Shelby on there again. Again, once again, lyrics. Don't really care for the lyrics. Um, the bass line is an awesome bass line, obviously. Uh, when I first heard it, my first thought was it's a Larry Graham track called Save Me, which is a really religious disco funk song from the 70s and it's very very similar to that and I can almost hear Prince hearing that and saying oh I'm going to make my version of Save Me kind of thing um, I'm happy I haven't heard it in that case because this is funky oh this, that's funky too but it's is it? it's a very, very similar kind of vibe okay um, yeah no the, the horn solos are awesome uh, yeah not much else to say about this song it's I wouldn't say it's my favourite off the album but it's it's the only real pure funk sound um, on the entire disc so for that reason, you, you can't dislike it. It's an awesome song. What do you think, Captain? I agree. This song definitely saves this album's ass. If imagine if this was a nine-track album without Chelsea Rogers on it, 
you went from all the midnights in the world to Lion of Judah and then Resolution, that's a really bad end to an album. It definitely saves the whole disc from being really bad. But do you and think he's he's put this track in this place to give it more impact between the Line of Judah and the All the Midnights in the World? Because I remember in, in a concert, Prince saying, um, you know, his father told him to, after he does something that's really slamming, to do the ballad after it or something slower yeah. to give it more impact. Yeah. You know, it really stands out with it being here between... In between two those more, two. Yeah. I mean, like we said last podcast, there's always a reason why he puts things in where he puts them. I mean, it's not just he doesn't randomly throw a bunch of tracks on a disc. But then again, listen to this album, maybe he did. But it, it works in there. I like the end note of this song, which reminds me of um, I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man. When he used to play it live, he used to end on a, a really high guitar note, which was wasn't fitting in with the song. And this song ends on some weird note with the horns, I think. But it works. But yeah, I don't have much to say about it. It's just your funky retro disco sort of song. Which he hasn't really done anything really disco-like before that I can think of. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, uh, for me this is the jam of the year. I'll agree with you guys, it is funky. It's, it's There's a bit of disco in there, but... Jam of the year off of Emancipation was not it. This is the jam. This is one of the funkiest commercial Prince songs of the last few years, without a doubt. One of the funkiest Prince tracks probably since the Gold Experience. Um, Actually, since the Gold Experience. Since some of the songs on there. Um, To me, it's future funk. The first time I heard it, Jamiroquai popped up into my mind, but then I think they eclipsed Jamiroquai. Because as much as I like Jamiroquai, the band, and JK as a singer and all that kind of stuff, they are heavily rooted in disco funk, mm. whereas this is funk disco. I think the bass line is as disco as it is. It's, it's very funky. Um, it's all in the bass. The song is all in the bass and the drums. And then the horns on top of it. It's almost like that formula of Alphabet Street that I talked about last time. Um, it's a very similar form, formula for producing the type of funk that this is. I've got nothing... I haven't got a single bad thing or negative thing or subpar thing to say about this. This is a if this is out of five stars, it's a four to five star easily. It's I love the chicken scratch funky reggae guitar. The lyrics are cool. Um, you know, even even whack lyrics, not to say that they are, but even whack lyrics could you know, couldn't ruin this song. It's just it's just funky. It's one of the things he does best. You can't get much better. And I think it's sequenced on this album like you guys mentioned, very, very specifically. Coming off Slow Jam, Future Baby Mama, Slightly Faster Pace, Mr. Goodnight, Muppets, Wiggles, Circle Dance, All the Midnights in the World, Slow, Slow Pace, and then he hits us with this, Shake It Like a Juicy Juice. It's just funky. It's the funkiest song on this album, and it creates a great ending. So, um, I know there was a lot of hype on forums and print sites and stuff when this came out, and I think it's... Well deserved. It's a great, great song. Great song. Yeah, and Chelsea Rogers, Nile Rogers. I don't know. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a connection there. I don't know. Awesome track. Whatever happened with her? Because there was a website, ChelseaRogers.com, and nothing really happened there. And she's hanging out with Tamar. (laughs) Pretty much. That's 
you know, there's all this speculation what's going to happen with Chelsea Rogers, and again, it was just nothing happened. So. Yeah. I think it's another thing where Prince gets bored of a project really quickly and moves on to the next thing. I mean, yeah. I would have liked to have seen something from her. Uh, from what I guess is she's just a model. I don't think she's a singer or anything, so I don't yeah, know what the point was, of the site was. But Maybe it was a brand of perfume or clothing or something like that that they were looking at doing, and then he thought, no, I'm going to focus on lotus flower or something like that. I don't know. I'll just say something about how we get sick of things really quickly. That's the thing that probably annoys me most about him. He can have these excellent ideas, or say, just say he had this excellent idea for an album. He recorded the album. When he was back at Warner Brothers, they might have just released a new album of his three months ago, and they'll say, well, you can't release that for another at least eight months. And he might have a whole tour planned and all this stuff planned to do with this album. But by the time it's released, he doesn't give a shit anymore. Can I say that? I did. But that's the, did. that's the thing that really annoys me. Is, But now that he's got the internet, he can give us this stuff straight away. Since 1997 with the crystal ball, he was going to give us that straight away. And how long did it take for you to get yours in the mail? I'm going to touch while. on that on the overall um, review of this album. Because there's a reason why we don't get all this so quickly. I uh, think... Um I think there's a unanimous decision here that Chelsea Rogers is a funky, awesome yeah. track. One of the one of the best on this. On this, for me, it's top two or top three. I, I'm assuming you guys are similar. Well, I'd say probably first or second. Yeah, yeah definitely co-sign that. Yeah. yeah, I'm tossing up between Planet Earth, Somewhere Here on Earth, and Chelsea Rogers. Yeah, that'll be the top three. Yeah. Where in contemporary commercial music, and now I'm talking supposed geniuses such as who I don't consider to be such as Kanye West Timberland production style all that kind of crap that I'm really not into but hey listen to it if you like who who fake the funk in many in many cases in many scenarios that you just can't compare to this this is pure funk unadulterated you got Maceo on here you got it's just it's just ridiculous you know in these times 2007-08-09, this is a funky track. And, you know, if you put this on the radio and you compare it to any other tracks who... Uh, it'll out-funk out them. Yeah, it'll just out-funk them. And that's the perfect way to sum it up. <clears throat> Instead of me ranting on for two hours about this, you just summed it up. It out-funks <laughs> anything on the radio right now. And then some. So, um... That's Chelsea Rogers, and he mixes it up again. This is a very varied album. He goes from funk to I don't know what to call this but it's called Lion of Judah it's, it's just a song nine. and it's it's just a song and leading in leading into this commentary by the captain what do you think of Lion of Judah uh, this song is really I listened to this song a fair few times because I'd listen to it and then I listened to it again I listened to it again and I was like I think Turgeon said before you try to get something out of it I didn't get anything out of this song it sort of reminds me a bit of Cinnamon Girl but um, and it's got a bit of guitar near the end. But I just the lyrics, the vocals. There's nothing really that stands out of this whole song for me. And I've listened to it a bunch of times. I mean, I listened. I don't even know what the lyrics are about. I guess it's about Judah, but I didn't listen. But but no, nah, it's just nothing memorable about this song at all for me. That's it. Okay. Toe Jam. Anything memorable? I think the guitar solo is memorable. Memorable. It's a really oh, nice yeah. guitar solo at the end. But I kind—I do agree. It's like 
you listen to it and you think, yeah, it's a really nice song, but... But it's just no, a song. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just a song. There's nothing really there that, other than the guitar solo, that really sort of stands out and makes you really want to listen to it over and over kind of thing. Um, it's not as religious as, you know, the title may suggest. It's basically just about, you know, trying to overcome obstacles and this kind of thing. Yeah, there's a symbol, the Lion of Judah. Actually, yeah. there are a few different things. I did a little bit of research about the Lion of Judah, and there's a lot of symbolism behind it. But, but I think, yeah, a lot of people see that title and think, oh, it's Prince's religious rambling. And it's not really. It's just like he's using that as a, a reference, but it's not really that religious at all. Um, but, yeah, to me, the entire al- like the album up until Chelsea Rogers, other than Midnight's, is an unbelievable album. And these last two tracks are just slightly under par compared to the rest of the album. And it's a little bit disappointing because it kind of spoils what could have been an absolutely amazing album. But anyway, I'll pass that on now. I just wanted to say about that, the ending of the album with Line of Judah and Resolution. He's, the last couple albums, he seemed to have like a weak end, mm. a weak end, a weak finish to the album. Get on the Boat was pretty slamming. Yeah... But I just, you know, the last few albums, I've, I've felt that, you know, they sort of just, you know, fizzle out and like on 3121, you had to get on the boat. What was what was on the end of Musicology? Reflection? reflection or was it yeah. Mr. Man? I forget. No, no, no Reflection. A reflection was. It's, yeah, they just sort of fizzle out those last couple albums for me and this one too. I mean, Resolution's not a bad song, but I would have had chosen a different song to end the album on. What do you think about Judah? Uh, I think it's good, but not a great track. It's to me, it sounds unfinished for some reason. There's some there's something about the song I can't put my finger on. Um, it's probably vault worthy, but having said that, um, if you can imagine throwing something in the vault and then you know if you get to hear it out of the vault and go, you know, it, it, is that a great track or do you know what I mean? Like if it ends up on an album and people you know, say it's crap, but if it goes in the vault, they go, oh, you know, why didn't you release this? So I don't know if, you know, if there's something about it, but it overall brings the CD back down from the Chelsea Rogers. It has those little bit of the religious overtones, although if you dig deeper into the track, like Toe Jam said, it's not very religious. And with the vocal contributions throughout the song, I wonder if it's, if it's Wendy and Lisa involved in this at all, because it kind of sounds like them. But yeah, to me, it just sounds like an unfinished track. It's got that first, the first chord has that purple rain sound to it. It does, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm completely at odds with everyone on this track. Now, I'm not going to say it's the best thing since sliced bread, because those aren't the types of comments that I generally make, but this is a very solid song, and I love the fact that it sounds unfinished. That's what I really love. It doesn't sound... The production's good, and, and it's slightly glossy, but... But there's enough rawness to the sound that really that I really like, and I wish he employed more of the type of production on this particular track on some other songs, maybe even a little bit less. But I just I do like the production. I like the composition. The intro is cool. It reminds you of Purple Rain in reverse almost. Um, I haven't compared the charts to see exactly what notes he's playing and what scale he's in, but um, yeah, th- there's a reminder of a pseudo Purple Rain type of intro. Uh, and I'm going to continue this re- this review of this song by saying that I really I really like this song. If you haven't guessed, the, the really chilled guitar, 
Uh, is it Michael B and Sunny T? I'm not sure, but whoever was on the rhythm section are awesome. I, th- I think there's some sort of Wendy and Lisa influence. Awesome lyrics. Um, very simple, but they could mean anything to anyone, even using a reference such as Lion of Judah. So I think that's really cool. It's a cool song. It's, it's storytelling. I, I think there's a story behind it. I like the spiraling effect of the guitar uh, towards the end. Um, and, and just in general, I love the guitar here. I like the rhythm. I'm not sure if that's him on, on the rhythm guitar or not, but I believe it would be in, in the soloing towards the end. It's just this type of song... It's one of those songs where, like Stevie Wonder used to say, he, he Stevie Wonder kind of composes in, in um, you know, even though um, due to his circumstance uh, it would be difficult to do. Whenever I listen to Wonder songs, I, I can see colours, which is amazing, you know, especially coming from from someone like Stevie. And this song is is colourful to me. It's like a dark blue dark purpley type of colour and I can I can feel a colour when I listen to this song and I don't feel colours when I listen to the other songs um, it's just an awesome track I love this song it's top three easily and on any given day this might be the best song in the album because to me because it's it's quirky you know it's not poppy you're not going to hear it on the radio it's uh, it's just it strikes some kind of chord the type of music that he doesn't do enough of and I think this is a sign that if he pushed himself in this direction, he could come up with some far more experimental, chilled-out sounding type of type of music. And I don't, I don't think it's got a place on this album. Actually, it doesn't fit. It's got that guitar solo as well at the end. It's gone from left to right. If you've yeah. listened to it on headphones, which sounds right. Yeah, that is pretty good. Part it gives of the song. me, it gives me something to listen to at least. <laughs> Looks like something I'm in the minority on this one because it just. <laughs> Yeah, and especially on headphones, like most of his music. To me, it sounds like it's a, a sense. Like obviously, you've got either Wendy or Lisa or some girl singing the, you know, the backing vocals. But to me, I think it's primarily a Prince played track, and I think it would have been better if it was Sonny T and Michael B or Josh and Cora. I don't know. It just it, it sounds like a one man song that needed something a bit more powerful to it. That's just the way I hear it. Yeah. It would definitely sound even better song. to my ears bad. if there was more power behind it. So you were saying it's not a bad song? It's not a bad song, but it's just, I don't know, it's kind of, it just doesn't, it doesn't quite reach the mark that it promises. Yeah, I can see that. It's it's not outstanding, it isn't. and no, I don't think it ever, yeah. It's, um... Anyway, each to their own, though. Quirky, yeah. It... it one thing I do agree with you guys on it doesn't fit, it doesn't finish the album well, especially after Chelsea Rogers, and that's why I said I don't think it belongs on this album. I believe it belongs on some sort of alternative, chilled out, different kind of vibe, and it goes into Resolution now. Resolution finish, finishes off the album. I am not going to say anything about this. This is filler. It's <laughs> not a decent song. It's not even a half decent song. It ruins this entire album. It just ruins it. I wish it wasn't on there. Leave it at track eight. Have a short album. Cut it down. It's just... It's crap. That's it. I said it. <laughs> this is a crap song. I've been holding back, guys, but this is a crap song. Captain, what do you think? I think... This is his sort of... Is it a, some sort of protest song or something? But the lyrics are so dodgy. Uh, like a ten-year-old could have written them. 
I mean, where's something as good as like Party Up? I mean, that's a good damn song, which isn't that dissimilar in its messages. I mean, he's really good at writing his, you know, sensual lyrics, but as soon as he starts off on his political agenda stuff, it just sounds dopey. And, um, but I mean, he started the first track off with Planet Earth and he's ending with Resolution, but I think both those songs, this one more so, they're just not good enough to, you know, convert people to, to his cause. If, if Resolution was a great song and Planet Earth was a bit better, something might happen. But um, oh, that's all about all I've got to say. It's a pretty – I won't say it's crap. But I I'll re- say it's crap. I definitely – I wouldn't <laughs> – I, would, I, if, if I would never have ended the album with this song though. I mean I would have put Planet Earth as the last song. That would be a great song to finish on and start with guitar or another song that's going to kick – Grass or Chelsea Rogers, but don't end with this. It's just so disappointing. It's so disappointing that I'm pledging right now, live on this podcast, that I'm never going to listen to this song ever again. Wow. <laughs> ever. I will close the album with Lion of Judah, and I'm going to have my finger right on the like the eject button or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're showing your age with an eject button. Yeah. But and it's got that stupid effect at the end where he's like playing with the faders on the mixing desk. That's just annoying. Mm. Anyone, yeah. anyone, take this. I really couldn't <laughs> care less. Um, I wouldn't call it horrible. It's certainly a disappointing <laughs> ending. It's certainly a disappointing ending. But I do like the bass. It's the similar kind of you know octave bass thing he's doing in um, the one you want to see. And I don't mind the bridge. Uh, musically, but it's the whole thing's just too short, and it, you know the naive lyrics. And it is a really disappointing closer, but I wouldn't call it a horrible, completely horrible song. Well, that's pretty high praise. I wouldn't call it completely horrible, <laughs> <laughs> but it's horrible. <laughs> it's slightly horrible. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna piss in his pocket. This is a shit song. <laughs> I, I can't. Do- you know, no holds barred. This is the public domain. I'm going to say it like it is. And I just, this is not going to, um, it's ending it right here, right now. I'm going to stop forcing myself or attempting to force myself to like songs like this, you know, and all the Midnights in the World. Those two can just go. I'm not digging them. I don't like them. I think they're so poorly done in an environment and in a music industry where people attempt songs such as this or albums full of material similar to this with the same with the same type of outcome in mind you know make a statement that are a trillion times more interesting and more heartfelt and more poignant and this is just weak this is if guitar was was good bubblegum bubblegum pop this is rubbish bubblegum crap <laughs> resolution a resol- it would be a resolution if this if this was not on this album. It's a, it should be a nine-track album, and it should finish with Line of Judah. This is another track. When he was recording it, he should have stopped half through, halfway through and said, what the hell is this? Next. <laughs> yeah, and the, um, the, you know, the keyboard thing at the end, it just adds to the, it adds to the disappointment of it. Yeah, the lameness. <laughs> but the lameness. listen to it one more time just for the bass, because the bass is nice. But the, 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 like I said, the lyrics, they're just so dopey. 
Yeah. But the thing I noticed with this album, with the I don't have the retail copy. I've got the the UK newspaper one. Does the retail version have lyrics with it? No. No, you had to download it. Oh, okay, but he did put them up for download because yeah. he's because he has included lyrics with almost every album. So I thought because he didn't include the lyrics with this, maybe he knows as well that they're just, they're just not that good on this album. Well, you can hear them clearly. I don't think you need to include lyrics either. Yeah. I think he was just cuss cutting. Cuss cutting. Cuss cutting, yeah. Yeah. Well, he did that with Crystal Ball with the the original, the, the little booklet thing. That was all on the website. He had to print it out. Yeah. And then he went and released it anyway. Who in their right mind? I just don't understand it. It doesn't add a single... You talk about value add... It adds absolutely no value. It detracts so much from this album. But mm. I can understand why he put it in. He's got yeah. a song, Planet Earth, about saving the, you know, the yeah. world. It's just he's the concept. He's got a song about all the midnights in that. the world. It's the concept. He's starting off by saving the world, and then he's talking about how you know, war's bad because nobody ever wins. Well, fucking... You know, he gets the Einstein Award for 2007 in that case. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't understand it, so I don't like it. I will not play it. Has anyone got anything to say about this? Yeah, I do. Um, not much, though. Um, look, the only thing I... I'm trying to think of where he was going with this. Um, and, you know, to to have it as an ending track, I think, you know, what he was going for was he had the seriousness of Planet Earth at the start, but by the end of the album, everything's all right because, you know, you've got this track, it's got the la-la-las in it, it's all very cutesy. It's too cutesy. The only thing I like about this track is the guitar riff at the start of it, but that is it. I hate the lyrics. I hate the vocal delivery. Um, and it ends the album on a whimper. Um, yeah. And the, and the fact that he... fizzes out. Yeah, and, you know, how he's... Even just the vocal delivery with, you know, how he goes, the main problem with war, you know, like yeah. war is such a heavy topic, you know, and yeah. to trivialize it in this sort of song, it just... It, it just sucks. It just really sucks. I just, I think everyone is of the same mind of this track. What it does need is it needs like a um, a guitar solo at the end, like the Holy River. Like the Holy River up until, you know, leading up to the guitar solo is a pretty average song. But then it finishes with this killer synth um, yeah. and guitar solo and that makes the song. This one just sort of fizzles out and doesn't go anywhere. I don't think anything can save this song. If Prince recorded his greatest studio guitar solo ever in history and put it on the end of this track, I would still <laughs> never listen to it. I would refuse to listen to it in principle, obviously because I've just made that statement, but also because I, I just can't handle it. He's not a social commentator. He doesn't have the juice. He doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the background. He doesn't have... He just doesn't have the skills to do this type of music. You don't start off an album talking about saving the, the world and the earth, and then talk talk about um, you know all the midnights in the world, where where he makes reference to the a little Spanish man and about <laughs> you know Moe and 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 flying on a Concorde. He's talking about Chelsea Rogers, how she's all clammed up and fashionable. Um, and all that kind of stuff. He's portraying himself as a, you know, as a player, someone who's filthy rich. We'll put some of that back into the environment would be my message yeah. instead of making a song like Resolution. It's just, 
it's very one-dimensional and it's bubblegum. Yeah, the money he spent on recording resolution could have, you know, saved a dolphin or something. <laughs> exactly. There's a good song. There's a, there, there's a ridiculous song, an amazing song. Yeah. But I'm sounding like a broken record. I have been for a while. This it just does it to me. I'm sorry. I apologize. The, the last thing I've got to say about this song is I'm a bit confused about something. It's in this song and a couple of other songs as well. The lyrics, dopey as they are, they they try to be a bit political. And I was, I always thought, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, they're non-political. They're not supposed to have any comments about anything like that, about leaders and stuff. So how's he including this type of stuff without violating his belief? Yeah, I agree with that, but I think he's violated his, his beliefs maybe. You know, oh, with the kind of coming. With the music. <laughs> <laughs> with his coming like thunder and, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Whammy bar. <laughs> Yeah, and and I agree with Toe Jam with what he said. It just when Toe Jam said this is this could have been an excellent album, and and is and is and even in spite of some, some of you know Resolution and, and all the Midnight's in the World, it's still a great album. At the end of the day, I agree with that. I agree with that because I won't listen to Resolution ever again, and I'm happy about that. And it's actually improved my quality of life making that decision. <laughs> and I'll I'll probably will listen to all the Midnight's because I think there's still some value to be had. But the rest of the tracks, they're all good to great Prince songs and um, in summary I think it's a you know if we if we take an overall view of, of this album um, from my point of view I'll keep it very short I think it's I think it's a good album I think it's far above average some of the songs are awesome there's some great guitar soloing I like his production uh, compositionally it's quite good he is trying a little harder than, than usual and I've heard a few people say that before, and I agree with it. Um, there's some really good songs on here. There's some good slow jams. Future Baby Mama, awesome track. Chelsea Rogers, funky as hell. Guitar, far better than the demo. Great rocking track. You know, Somewhere Here on Earth, great sentiment. Very well done. There's too much good in this album to slam it. It's by no means a failure. It's by no means a bad album. It's a good album. It's better than good. But it doesn't quite make it to, to masterpiece um, status, yeah, it misses by by a fair bit, but it's good. I, I've played this many many times. Um, maybe we'll take it back to the round table again. Uh, we'll start with play. I just get some random thoughts and maybe talk about what you know what you guys think overall and how often you listen to it. Because I still put this on constant rotation. All right. Um, uh, just just to go on that, I, I was talking to some people online and they were asking me about this podcast and they said, what's the next subject? And I said, Planet Earth. And the first, the first thing they said was, oh, I'll have to get that out. I'll have to dig that one out. So, <laughs> you know, it, it seems like it's widely regarded as a, you know, shelved sort of release. Um, the way I describe the album is uneven. By that, I mean, I mean, the, like, as I'm re- reviewing it, they, they, there is good tracks all the way through it. But when you look at it as, as a whole... It's really uneven. Now, if you were to compare this, now this is a big call to say Gold Experience. Gold Experience is a oh, very don't don't don't, no, no, poke, don't poke the bear. No, no hang on. <laughs> Just let me get this out. If you look at Gold Experience from top to bottom, it's slickly produced. It, it it sounds like one cohesive effort. If you look at the Rainbow Children, it's stripped back, but every track is like that. This you're getting sugar coated stuff. Here and there with Future Baby Mama or uh, Mr. Goodnight, 
And then you're getting the sort of stripped back songs like All the Midnights in the World, Line of Judah. And so, like, it comes across as uneven all the way through it. So you get, you know, this, you get guitar, which is really nicely produced. And then you're getting, you know, All the Midnights in the World. It's just the opposite end of the spectrum, you know. Um, I think he should have labeled this as an EP running at 45 minutes. Um, and it's been widely regarded that this is the same vein or extension of musicology in 3121. They consider this as the uh, holy trinity, if you call it that. Um, I think it's strange that there was no booklet or proper credits. There was not only the online booklet. Um, there's a few uh, uh, credits at the back of the CD where, it's, where he says, much respect to AEG. I think that was um, pretty interesting, him saying that. Uh, I like the great cover photo artwork. It's, it's very of high standard. I've seen online people bag it out saying it's, uh, cheap and stuff, but I think it's really good. Um, he comes across as very godlike, hovering over the earth. Um, the, I like that too. Yeah, the inside picture where he's wearing the corset, bit questionable. Um, and from what I heard, the Wendy and Lisa contributions were all done via email, I think through Pro Tools. So I think he was working on tracks and then he emailed to them, them, to them and they worked on it and sent it back and forth. Um, I don't know if that affects the album because I think that he can get like in the past a, a good energy having them with him um i don't know if that's a little bit lost i think it's innovative using the newspaper the mail on sunday to distribute it i think that was good pr for him for the upcoming tour what backfired for him was the uk record stores threatening to pull his back catalog because they weren't seeing any of the um the sales through you know having it done through the paper um there used to be a time where the tour promoted the CD, and in, I think in this case, the CD really promoted the tour. And in that regard, it, it worked for Prince um, for the 21-night um, stint. Um, overall, I think it's a, a watered-down release. It's not a bad release, but it's, it sounds to me he probably knocked it up within a, within a week in his uh, Rio hotel room at Vegas. Hmm. Um, but in saying that, I think... Anyone that can produce an album like this in a week is a, is a genius. Yeah, we know, we know that. But this is, this is the main thing that I was going to get at, at the overall thing about this. Let's look at what was leading up to this release. He was doing a, a Vegas stint where he was organizing a different set, li- set list each night. He was liaising with Super Bowl organizers for the halftime show. He was overseeing a 3121 restaurant as well. He was in negotiations and launching the 3121 fragrance. And plus he was you know, coordinating this stint on the horizon negotiation with AEG for the 21 nights thing. So from where I'm looking at it with this release, he was a really busy guy and the music has taken a backseat and it's, and it's suffered because of that. Now in the Warner brothers days, all he'd have to do is kick out the album, send it to Warner brothers and they'd done all the rest. rest, yeah. Yeah. So now he is a one man business where he does it all himself. So, you know, I give props to him because he is a businessman and I think he's doing it well. And I think that's why we're not seeing albums every year. And like around this time when this was released, it looked like he was doing nothing, but he was a busy guy. And I think what really suffered was the music. If he just, I think this is what's going to come out of Lettuce Flower, the next release, that he's just going to concentrate on the music. Because once he's dealing with fragrances, restaurants, things like that, it's just too much on the table for him. Um, and that's basically my roundup of Planet Earth. Out of 10. Oh, out of 10? Oh, that's hard. I didn't even think about this. Uh-huh. 
It is a tricky album to review. I mean, it is. Yeah, I didn't think well, it would be as tricky. I think, it, yeah. I think the easiest way to review it, to give it out of 10, that there's, there's 10, 10 tracks. tracks. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, great. Yeah. Uh, there's at least three that I don't like, so I'd say 7 out of 10. Okay. Cool. Tojan, what do you think? Overall. Overall. Visibility, repeatability. Well, to me, this is part of the you know the trinity of musicology, thirty one twenty one, and, and Planet Earth. To me, they're three albums with the same basic idea, and that is to, you know, a solid short albums with pop tunes that people can you know anyone can listen to and enjoy. And I think of the three, this is probably my favourite one, only by a tiny bit over thirty one twenty one. Um, I think one tracks one through to eight are bordering on like the best stuff he's done since like probably the rainbow children. The last two tracks are a little bit of a letdown and that stops it from reaching, you know, my top sort of three or four albums. Um, you say top three or four albums, you want to know them? (laughs) Well, no, what do you mean? The 2000 era or of all time, of, of, you know, all Prince albums. Wow. Maybe not, you know, the top, you know, the really top cream albums that I, I listen to over and over kind of thing. So you're saying that if, if Lion of Judah and Resolution were either... If it either if cut they, off at Chelsea Rogers or if they were... No, no, no. If it cut off at Chelsea Rogers, like, it'd be too short for me to consider that. Okay. But the music that's in there is just as good as, say, you know, my favourite albums. Um, okay. If it had a finished with two, two other better tracks, maybe it would reach that, that top. But, um, so yeah, so having said that, it's my favourite of the three. It's only just, though. Um, I do listen to it quite a lot more than the other two. Um, I agree with a lot of the stuff Player said. Um, it is kind of over the place, but all Prince albums for me are like that. He he, he always does this eclectic mix of you know ballads and rocks, rock songs and country and whatever. He's always done that, so I don't mind that. Yeehaw! Um, yeah, so out of ten, I'm going to give it eight. Had the last two tracks been slightly higher quality it could have been in my top four or five albums but it just misses out just miss, just misses so you, out you're a massive fan of this release oh yeah completely I really like this release okay hmm. I might just quickly follow up on Science. that actually um, with one <laughs> very short snippet I'll try and keep it as short as I can um, I, I did say a little bit about this album in, in my brief overview but Hearing you guys uh, go through it has given me a couple of other things that have come up. I I actually th- agree with with the fact that all Prince or most Prince albums are similar to this in the sense that they're so varied. And you know when you when you go back and you listen to even like an album like '99 is not a good example because that's a that's a party album, uh, very sort of up and go. But Purple Rain. Sign of the Times, you know, two classic milestone albums in his career. They're all over the place. I don't think they're cohesive at all, actually. Um, as good as they, they're, they're, they're as good as they are on the strength of the material, not because they're cohesive. Mm. And and I agree that this is not a cohesive album. And Prince rarely, if ever, makes cohesive albums. And of the recent material, because this isn't something that I thought of when I when I was giving it my overall thoughts. Planet Earth would be it, it plays it plays second tier to thirty one twenty one for me. I think he, he worked on that a lot more, and the material is probably stronger. But it's not far behind, 
and and it's those two albums are, are the two best albums that he has released for me overall since the gold experience and i i take the rainbow children out of that because listening to it now i just find it very difficult to get into that but we'll, we'll get into the rainbow children another time i guess but um yeah i, I put it up there out of 10 just because i didn't include that in my first uh review i give it a, a solid seven out of ten so I, I agree with player there so when i was talking about um cohesiveness and stuff like that i was talking from a production standpoint like because he's always been um varied in his work but I'm just talking about the overall sound of the whole album production-wise. It's sort of a bit up and down for me, so it sounds uneven. But I think it has, it does have that kind of, it has this sort of dreamy sound to it that is kind nope. of. <laughs> I don't know how to 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 sort of tackle that because it, yeah. it to me it sort of stops and starts. Like you know, you get the midnights and then you then you get the up and go with Chelsea Rogers and then it comes back down and it's just it's a bit stop and start and it's. A, you know, it comes out as uneven for for me, at least. It's it's as good as it is. Not it's yeah, it's tricky to review. <laughs> I don't know if maybe he, if he sequenced it differently, the tracks differently in a different order. If it, if I give it a better mark, or if I'd look at it differently, but in the way it's configured now, it's it just. Too uneven for me. I think if you took the best material of Musicology Thirty One Twenty One Planet, oh Earth, yeah, yeah, sequenced it, yep. sequenced it ideally, and gave those albums some sort of theme, even if it was possible to do, and you put those three albums together and created a like a smack bang one cohesive classic album, the material if it was put together in the right way, I think those three releases into one would be in my top four or five Prince albums of all time, easily, without mm. a doubt. Yeah, no question. Because there's some great material in the last few years. But it is all over the place. It is uneven. Um, what do you think, Captain? I think, overall, the lyrics are pretty weak. I mean, there's there's your, there's your a few flashes of, the, of Prince as we know it, but generally it's pretty average in the lyrics. But, um, the music's all right. The sequencing as well. Yeah, if you, I think even keeping all tracks on the album, you could switch it around and make it a lot better album. It's just the way it goes. It just doesn't. Like I said before, he could have just chucked all these tracks to someone and said, "There, yeah, make an album." Actually, he alludes. Sorry to cut you off. I'm just something popped into my head. He alludes to the sequencing of this album in this album. I just thought about it. In um, what's the song? Mr. Goodnight, he said, he says something about slow it down. I think he says something about planet Earth or something like that. And then he says, slow it down to somewhere here on Earth. And then he keeps going. Um, does anyone know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He, so he alludes to either an up-tempo jam or something with a bit more life. And then he says, oh, yeah. And then he, and then he can kind of slow it down. And he's almost as if he's giving himself props for being able to do that. So yeah. it might be, it might be something that he's looking to do that he looks for. You know, first I'll start with the funk and then I'll give him, you know, a soft ballad because, because I can do everything and it'll shock people or, or it'll mm. at least have them pay attention. So I, I, I just came up. Sorry, Captain. I remember with the Act Two concert and I just, just that one specifically, I remember him talking about, the sequencing of the songs that he plays in concert 
And he started off with My Name is Prince and Sexy MF, and then he did the beautiful ones. And and then I remember at the time looking back at a few of the tours, and he's always started off with two like more sort of rocky pop songs, and then the third song's been a ballad. And it's the same on this album as well. He's got Planet Earth and guitar, and then and then your ballad, which is interesting. But there's two two of the the best things I read. Uh, what other people said about this album was one of them was not everything that pops in your head needs to be set to music which I think fits all the midnights in the world very well <laughs> and the other one was what I think Jam already said and it was um, this album it's coming off the heels of two of his most accessible albums in years Prince continues his steady and consistent stream of releasing some solid material for the masses to hear and they are, they're like compact and it's and it continues the winning formula of the last yeah. two. Yeah. So it is the, the three album thing. But um oh if I've got to give it a score out of ten, I think I'm gonna have to be below everyone and give it a six out of ten. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was certainly an interesting album to review, to put it lightly. <laughs> it's it's just all over the place, isn't it? You could really you could dissect us this and I'm just getting scared now. We were reviewing something like Sign of the Times or Thank you. 